Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day, as they say. I hope that Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, your day so far is going very well. If you're listening on the way to work, I truly hope that you'll have a good day and that I will be able to motivate or even just kickstart your day for you. Now, I'd like to start today's episode with a review from Purposeful Living. And they say, such a needed topic. Wow, I am so excited to have come across Rika and her podcast. So important to have awareness around toxic work environments and how to be a leader of change. As someone who has felt drained from feeling the need to compensate negative fixed mindsets and working with or for toxic management and environment, this podcast is a breath of fresh air. Thank you very much again. I am just so thankful for all these beautiful reviews coming through. And if you feel in your heart that you'd like to leave me a review, I would really appreciate that. And especially because this is a new podcast, those reviews really help this podcast get out there. And we're doing really well. So we're only, this is episode 12. And on Monday, I shared with you that this podcast got ranked globally top 10%, which is really just praise to God alone for His grace. And I'm just so thankful that you are here celebrating that with me. And we've we've gone over 500 downloads, which is super exciting. So the next milestone is now a thousand downloads. And thanks for coming back three times a week to listen what God has put on my heart for you. This is why I'm here, is for you, so that I can share everything that I know, but also everything that God wants to say through me. I'm only his instrument that plays a vital role in what he in his message that he wants to get out there. So in this episode, I'll be discussing three ways that you can set boundaries with your team. And I'll be discussing why boundaries are important. And I'll answer that question as I go through those three ways. So let's jump into it. As Christian women in leadership, we often find ourselves struggling with the balance between implementing faith-based leadership principles and the worldly perspectives of our colleagues and team members. You once felt passionate about leadership, but have often come up against people with fixed mindsets who are unwilling to change. You feel like giving up and stepping out of your leadership role because is it really worth it? Friend, you're in the right place. Here we're not only going to talk about the challenges, we're going to tackle them head on with a faith-based approach that's both practical and empowering. So, if you're ready to transform your leadership journey, to set boundaries that make a real impact and to create a workplace culture where both you and your team can thrive, then join me in uncovering the strategies, wisdom and godly guidance that will lead you to success. I'm Rika Whelan and welcome to the Women of Faith in Leadership podcast. Together we're going to navigate leadership with faith as our foundation. Let's get started. Grab your coffee or water, keep that notebook and pen handy and let's jumpstart your leadership. Okay, so I'm just going to jump straight into this episode because I feel that, again, this is a very super tactical, super strategy, and I hope you have your notebook and pen handy because boundaries are really, really important for us as leaders. And the first way you can set boundaries with your team is through social media, okay? And if you think about those apps on your phone, your favorite social media apps, then think about the... Think about who you have on your social media at the moment from work. Do you have your colleagues on your social media or not? 
And really, at some point in time, I had my colleagues on social media. And Facebook only came out after I left school, a couple of years after I left school. So didn't definitely didn't have to deal with any of the issues that our current generation alpha is having to deal with. All the social media issues that they're having and connecting. And our 12-year-old doesn't have social media just yet. And this is exactly the reason why. Because very, very, very soon for me, it actually became nasty. And there was a little situation, and I won't go into it just for time's sake, but there was a situation where I had done something at work, actually, interestingly enough, and the person just totally blasted me on social media for it. And, you know, that person should have just come and spoken to me about that instead of blasting me on social media. So the, the, the problem that I have with social media is, yes, it's that. It's the fact that people can blast you on social media and uh, cyberbullying is very real at the moment. But think about it this way. You have now seen this person at work the whole day long. And if you work full time, it means that you spend more time with your colleagues than what you do with your actual family. So now you come home and you want to do a bit of doom scrolling for five minutes while your kids are in the bath and you're having a coffee. That's totally me. Hands up. And all you see in your feed are the actual people from your work and what they're putting out there. And you just get caught up in that and, and nothing is private anymore because now the, your private life has now totally blurred in with professional life. And I think that's a very, very tough line for us as leaders because we want to be liked. We want people to like us and saying no to for someone if a friend requested you or if they sent you a follow request it's really hard to decline that because you're scared that, so you just leave it. So <laughs> you don't delete it or decline it, but you just actually leave it there and hope they forget that they ever did that. But the problem with social media is the fact that it just, it crosses the boundaries and blurs the line of what happens in your personal life, what happens in their personal life versus what happens at work. Because... The thing is, people are not the same at home as what they are at work. We're one personality at work and we're one personality at home. And yes, you should. there should be traits of you that should be the same. For example, your faith and your integrity and your walk with, with Jesus and you know those leadership traits that make you who you are. However, I'm not going to crack the same jokes at work, potentially, that what I'm going to crack home with my husband, for example. They're not foul or anything like that. It's just that... You know, I wasn't, I, I would rather be seen as that sort of a personality, which I did, like more professional. And I was a humor, I, you know, I was a bit of a jokester as well at, at work, but I didn't want people to know me as a jokester. That's, I, I, I didn't want people to know me as that. I rather wanted them to know me as the professional that I was. And again, that's his perspectives, and I know this is not law. This is literally just only my opinion on it. And I know that I will. Uh, there's probably a lot of people that don't agree with me on that. And great, if you can have someone on social media and you are not blurring the lines between what's personal and professional and you feel that you are exactly the same person at work as what you are at home, then, and that's why you don't feel worried about having them on social media, then that's okay for you. But personally for me, I felt that having them on social media, it became an ethical issue because I was so worried 
that I saw something of someone, of one of my one of my team members who reported to me that they did something on the weekend, and I just didn't want my opinion of them to change because of what I saw that what they did on the weekend. Because I saw them in a professional capacity at work. And why should what they do in their personal life affect my opinion of them? And again, yes, this is only me. Potentially that's not you. But I was protecting myself because I didn't want to be a biased person. I didn't want decisions that I make to be affected by what I saw them doing on, on the weekend. Drinking, you know, posting drunk pictures of themselves, for example. Silly example, but that's one of them. Because I didn't want to see them as the drunkard. <laughs> I wanted to see them as the professional that they were. And I wanted to respect them for that. And now, yes, there's nothing, again, um, you know, I'm saying this quite a bit, not to defend myself, but just to say that I understand that there's different opinions out there. And I understand that Jesus walked amongst these people. But when we're at work, it's a different situation. And I decided to rather protect myself because whatever we put in is what we're going to get out. And so I just decided that I'm not going to, to get any of that input into me of what they are doing on a weekend. And that was a way to protect me. But it was also a way to protect them, which was ultimately actually also the goal for me. Because I didn't want them to feel as if, ooh, my boss is on, my boss is on the social media. I should be careful what I post or, you know, my I, sh I feel pressured by my by adding, my boss added me as a friend and now I feel pressured because what if I don't add them, then they're going to cut me off for that raise that I'm due or whatever. It sounds really ridiculous and even silly for me saying that. But I was protecting them and their personal time at home away from work as much as I was, as, uh, what I was also protecting myself. And it does become tricky because your team and yourself are representatives of the organization and really we should be acting as representatives all the time but there is a clear-cut line between what I do at work stays at work and what I do in my personal time stays in my personal time and I did once actually on uh, on a management Facebook group that I was that I'm actually on one of the managers actually asked I have just found out that one of my team members has an OnlyFans page. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> if you know what it is, you'll understand why I'm, I'm feeling a bit embarrassed to talk about it. Um, don't go and Google it, please. Do yourself a favor and do not go and Google it. But it's basically where they're involved in something that they, you know... Um, yeah, if you found that out, you would be really worried about that person, that they're doing that in their personal time. But they asked, you know, is this reportable? Because they should be a representative of the company at all time. And by, by being involved in something like that, they're not. Everyone agreed that what they do in their personal time is up to them. It's got nothing to do with the company. And unless they, they, they signed something at work that says that when they're out of work, anything that they post online is as on as basically on behalf of the organization or as a representative, then basically they've got no foot to stand on the organization because that person can do whatever they want to in their personal time. So yes, that's my stance on social media is to avoid at all costs to connect with your team members on social media. You can rather 
connect with them on WhatsApp or Messenger if, if you need to message them, but definitely I would avoid that social media issue. Number two, events out of work. So work events, yes, 100%, you can engage with your team members when it's a work event. But personally, going out and drinking together and doing silly things together is a big fat no to me because that is where, again, the lines get so blurred because they're drinking with you on a Saturday night, but on Monday morning, they have to follow your direction. And it's basically that whole thing about interchanging between being a mate and being a manager. And that is where it, where things will get very tough for you as a leader or as a manager if you are constantly being interchanged as mate and manager. And yes, there are some people who I've seen, again, on those Facebook groups that feel that it's up, it's up to them whether they want to do that or not. And if they successfully can do that, then that's, that's up to them. Great, that's fine. But I think that it's really tough because... When you have, for example, okay, let's say, for example, uh, you were their mate, you were a peer, and then all of a sudden you now have, you applied for a senior role, you got the role, and now all of a sudden all your peers have to listen to you. It's going to be an issue because your peers have crossed that boundary with you. And so all of a sudden you have to put boundaries in place because now you're a leader, you're a supervisor, and you have to do things a little bit differently. And I basically see that as the same thing because you are on a Saturday or on a Friday or a Sunday or wherever it might be, you're the peer, so you're on the left side of the boundary, but during the week you're on the right side of the boundary. And it's going to get confusing, it's going to get tough, and I would not recommend that you do that. So definitely work functions is a great way to build relationships, it's a great way for you to connect with your team during an event, but I would actually avoid altogether going out if it's not a work function. Now, this will 100% be a tough decision. And I know you don't want to feel excluded. I know you want to be liked. I know you want to please your team and go out with them if they ask you to because you also don't want to disappoint them. But I think that if you make this tough decision, you will definitely reap the benefits of setting these boundaries with your team. Three. Learning to say no, okay? <laughs> you need to protect your own physical and mental health as a leader. This is so crucial because if you don't, if you're not in good physical and mental health, you cannot actually lead your team. And that includes saying no sometimes and not taking everything upon yourself. You need to learn to delegate and delegating does not mean pawning off your responsibilities to someone else. It actually means giving it to someone who likes doing it and that's actually good at it, especially if you are not good at it. Because sometimes we just avoid everything that, that's tough and we leave it until Friday because we don't want to, we've put it off for the whole week with master procrastinators, but it's because we took on too much and we're just not going to get through it. Sometimes we take things upon ourselves to lighten the load of our team. And although it's a beautiful and wonderful gesture and it's an amazing thing to do, servant leaders often do this to the detriment of themselves, their families, and their time. Because they just want to serve their team, they want to be there, and they want to make sure that the load of their teams are not too heavy. Because 
otherwise they're going to quit their jobs they're going to leave they're going to look for a place that doesn't put so much pressure on them and in this day and age and especially after COVID we've noticed that team members and employees have not been as resilient as what they were before so as leaders we've stepped up quite a bit we've taken the load but now the leaders are burning out so please look after your physical and mental health by learning to say no there will be times, of course, that you'll have to jump in and help and work twice as hard or longer than usual. But so long as that it's seasonal and it doesn't happen often or it's not a regular occurrence, then you'll be fine. And the art of saying no is really difficult for some people because, and especially for those people who are people pleasers, for those leaders who are people pleasers. So learn instead of saying yes immediately, rather come up with a statement or a phrase like, I'll think about it and I'll get back to you. Or maybe I'll evaluate my availability or my schedule and I'll get back to you. But do not say yes unless you can say with 100% certainty that you can commit to it. Because if once you've committed, it's going to be very hard for you to go back and say, look, I'm really sorry, but I can't do it anymore. And... I once asked someone if they would be able to take a workload from me because I, I just couldn't do it anymore. I had committed to doing this at the beginning when I started in that job role. And later on when I started querying, but why am I doing this? I am not the expert in the field of this. This is, it's not even something that I'm good at. Why did I even say yes? And it's because I wanted to please people. I was new in my job role. I wanted to please my manager. I wanted to please and appease a lot of people because I'm new, you know, and I wanted to make a good impression. But I had to go and plead with the other person who was meant to be doing that job to take it back <laughs> because obviously now they didn't want to take that back because I've been doing it for the last three years. And yes, with some negotiation and begging, really, some, um, not physical begging, but really it was very close, that person took that job back that was meant to do it, but was also good at it. For them, it took them five minutes, but for me, it would, it would take six hours, and legit, I am not lying. That person is super quick at doing that job, whereas I would take a whole, well, a half a day or even a whole day to do it. So learn to say no, even if it's really, really hard, and practice saying a statement like, look, I'll think about it and get back to you. I can't say, and if they push you, then you have to say, look, I'll, I'm going to have to get back to you. I'm really sorry, but I have to look at my schedule. I do not want to overcommit myself. So just to recap, number one is social media. Two is events. And three is learn the art of saying no. So those are the three ways to set effective boundaries with your team. And of course, there are more, but I just had to decide what are the top ones for me that I had to work on the most. And that was actually quite toughest for me. And those are the three that I have brought to the table to you today, because I've, I believe it's not only me. And I know, actually, it's not only me through conversation with other leaders. It's not only me that had these issues. It was other leaders as well. So thank you very much for listening. And I am running a poll to find out what topics my listeners would like to hear about next. So please find the link in the description below. And if you're on Spotify, you can actually vote directly on the episode itself. So Spotify has a function where you can run a poll on the episode description. So you'll find it there when you open up the description of this episode. The, the poll should pop up. Every episode actually has a thing that says, what did you think about this episode? Did you like it? Yes or no? So it's just an automatic poll that pops up. But I have specifically created one 
the way I have highlighted some topics, you can vote. If the topic you would like is not on there, can you please, please, please jump into the Facebook community and post it there? If you're not in the Facebook community yet, please go in there and connect with the other female Christian leaders um, in there and myself. I'm also there. And I actually look forward to engaging with you and um, seeing you in the next episode. Cheers. so much for listening if this podcast blessed you in some way the number one way you can thank me is by leaving a review your feedback means the world to me and lights me up every single time when i read it and it makes me want to keep going so please leave a review and your review will also help other christian women in leadership find the answers they are looking for so whether you're on spotify or apple Podcasts, scroll down to the review section and leave that review Then head over to womenoffaithinleadership.com and join our free Facebook community and I look forward to engaging with you there.